I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. I'm sad. I know everybody listening is sad. I'm joined by somebody who's far from sad. You, if you're active on Twitter at all, especially NBA Twitter, then I'm more than certain that you know of her. She's doing great work over at Wizard Extra. I'm joined by Becca MVP. I couldn't pronounce your surname, so I went with your Twitter handle. How are you doing today, Becca? <laughs> Good. How are you? I mean, I already know how you're doing, but I'm doing amazing i mean if you want to spend the next hour talking about how awesome the wizards played i'm all for it (laughs) that's pretty much how it's going to go right i mean we'll talk about how bad the celtics were too because they were real real bad i think if we try and even coat it in a way that makes them look good we're lying the wizards were fantastic especially rui hachimura was the guy that really caught my eye he was fighting for every board he was cutting off guys and just ghosting his way to the rim is he usually that good or was this an outlier game this is um this is pretty much what the team expects from him um as far as his development he's been working on his rebounding his spacing um and matching up well with his opponents so to be honest this is what we expect of him and this is what he's supposed to do so everything that you saw is what wizards fans see from him normally he wasn't on my scouting report. I, I saw him as um, a contributor, but not really a factor. And I feel like he was one of the guys that really set the tone for the game early. And then he just grew into it more and more as the Celtics kind of let their heads drop and a little bit of defeatism set in. Rui kind of seems to be one of the guys that really took exception to that and wanted to kind of keep hammering that same nail. He He's amazing like that. Um he is very mature for his age. You know, this is his second year in the NBA and he has struggled with a pink eye injury at the beginning of the season. And he slowly had to make his way back due to the COVID uh, protocols that the Wizards were under in January. So it, it was a pretty outstanding game for him. Was that a pink eye injury? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the I, most I bizarre reason to miss a game. It is a very strange injury, but he had the most severe case of pink eye um, in December, and he had it in both eyes, and it caused him to not be able to see. So, yeah, he couldn't play. But oh, yeah. now, I mean, he's, he's recovered now. I'm showing my age, but whenever I hear of pink eye, I always think back to that South Park episode back in the late 90s where um, the, I, I'm, like, I'm a bit old, so I might be showing my age here. Have you ever seen that? No, but no, go and watch it afterwards. It's uh, it's quite funny, but that's a bizarre injury for an NBA player to have. But he's came back, and what I felt like was the more he kind of crashed the boards and caused issues when driving middle or being off board and cutting middle, the more the floor opened up for Bradley Beal to get to work. Russell Westbrook gave us some excellent meme content, but he also played quite well too, right? Um, How's that going with between Westbrook and Beal? Are they figuring it out, figure, playing like slowly learning to play together, or is this an experiment you'd like to see ended? Well, um, it's like I said uh, on several platforms already. It's it's new. It's still something that they still need to figure out. Um, but as you can see, when it does work, it works beautifully. So hopefully, this is something that continues to develop. Like I said, with the COVID uh, issues they had in January um, and Westbrook cannot, he doesn't play back to backs. It's taking a longer time for them to have um, mesh together. Russell also had a quad injury 
uh, that took place in training camp, and he's just now starting to get over it. So I think we're starting to see what they could potentially look like. Um, but as far as an experiment, I think it still needs to go. We still need to give it some time. How would you feel about the meme-worthy um, airball face afterwards? Because that was hilarious to me. Oh, yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, Russell is a meme king, so <laughs> I. <laughs> it seems like every game we get a meme out of him. So it's definitely, I mean, it's always funny to watch him, for sure. No, I remember when John Wall got traded, um, you were quite, I won't say emotional, but you were definitely emotionally invested in the John Wall era Wizards. And you were quite vocal in the fact that you were happy you were getting a player back at the level of what Westbrook was. But you were also really sad to see John Wall leave after the team are kind of... I always felt that the Wizards were going down a Portland route. If you remember when CJ and Dane both had injury spells and it took a while to see them play together, I always thought that was the way the Wizards were going to work and they were building out, hoping that when John Ward eventually came back, he would be the John Ward before the injuries. How do you feel now you've kind of had a few games with Westbrook? You've seen how John Wall's adapting in Houston. Do you feel like this move was best for everybody involved or do you kind of wish you could run it back with John this year? Well, due to the circumstances, I think this year is a funny year when it comes to COVID, when it comes to the, the nature of things. Um, but like you said, with CJ and Dave, it's kind of a similar situation with Wall and Beal. Um, when Beal was injured, Wall would be healthy and vice versa. They never really got a chance to take their, their talents and their, um, their backcourt abilities anywhere. So unfortunately, we didn't get to see that. So when it happened, we were very upset. Wizards fans were upset because that meant that we wouldn't get to see them, you know, take the team where we thought they would. Um, as far as the trade, it's kind of difficult for me to tell if they won or not, but, or who won the trade, you know, there's always that talk who won the trade, but um, I'd say right now it's looking like Houston is winning the trade because they are much better off than the wizards, but it time will tell. So it, everything's a process. And while we're talking about processes, I've asked you, I've asked you about a couple of the wizards guys um, who I think played really well. I've purposely left Bradley Beal off that list for now. Doesn't mean I don't think he played well, but that'll be a whole different segment. What shocked you about the way Boston played in this game? Was there anything that really took you back? Like, God, these guys are trash. Or, <laughs> oh, I thought they'd be doing better than this. Um, yeah, honestly, I think the way Boston played is, it's like the Wizards and Boston kind of switched. Uh, I, that's how I felt I was watching. Because with the Celtics, you know, their coach is phenomenal. You know, what you see is what you get with them. They're always, um, they're pretty stable. And I didn't feel like this game, I saw the stability in the Celtics that I would expect them to have. Um, as far as uh, offense, I didn't see that. I think they held um, your star to 20, uh, 20 points lower than his average or something like that. Like, I think if I read cor <laughs> correctly, like, so it was, it was shocking, honestly. Like I, I, I would understand why Celtics fans would be upset over this one because this was a game that they should they should have had in the bag. I mean, what's more upsetting is this isn't new to Celtics fans. They've been having... Really? Yeah, there's been a few games where they've really struggled to put it on the floor and show their, who they really are. Shockingly, it's always a matinee game, which benefits me personally because it's a reasonable time. But they're 0-3 in matinees, and one of the losses was to the Wizards. 
The other one was to New York. And I think the other one was Detroit. So they've all been teams. I'm, I might be wrong on that Detroit one. Um, they lost to Detroit two days ago as well. And they lost to Detroit earlier in the season too. They seem to really struggle. And I don't know whether this is an overconfidence thing. And no disrespect to the teams that have beat them. I'm not saying... But it feels like they go into certain games expecting to win and then get punched in the mouth and then everything just changes from there. Um, that's how it felt in this game. You guys, the Wizards, were so intense defensively and really good at clogging the passing lanes, denying the any baseline movement was denied instantly. And that really threw Boston off their, their game. And then obviously I think that Tatum got so caught up in some form of one-on-one scoring match with Beal because they're, they're off-court friendship, that instead of playing to be good, he was just absolutely terrible. And that isn't the Jason Tatum we know, but it is a Jason Tatum we've seen before. And um, unfortunately, when he plays bad, it's really, really bad. It's so unlike him. You know, I this game, I would not expect him to perform the way that he did. And I do think that when he is up against Beal and Beal's up against him, they have this like kind of like friendly little competition amongst each other. So maybe that's a factor, but that is strange. Now that you're telling me the matinee games have really got to them with the Knicks and the Pistons and the Wizards, you know, that's those are definitely winnable games for the Celtics for sure. This is why everybody's sad, right? Because and the Celtics just love this high spread pick and roll. And people are rolling their eyes that are listening to me bring this up right now because I've done nothing but speak about it for about three weeks. And it's really not good because teams like the Wizards that are very good at controlling the paint, they're very good at shrinking the floor once guys come off screens, they will just play drop defense and shrink the floor and force the Celtics into taking bad shots, which is exactly what the Wizards did in this game. And when the Celtics got to the rim, they were met by size and strength and everything just went trash, um, trying to not curse. So, <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I don't have to curse on this podcast, but I completely, I, with my girls, when we do our podcast, I have to. I Bite have your to, tongue. Yeah. To it's tongue. tough, right? Especially when it's after a loss. What I just don't understand is how the Wizards record is how it is when they obviously have so many good pieces. You've got Rui Hachimura, you've got Russell Westbrook, you've got a really high ceiling young guy in Dini Avija, and then obviously Bradley Beal. So what's not working? How come the the record doesn't fit the team's talent level? That's a loaded question. Um, but what I will say is that there's always some circumstances where we haven't had to see the team fully together because first it was Rui with his injury. Then it was Westbrook with um, in the Sixers game they had um, he dislocated his finger and he had a quad injury. And, you know, Beal was resting this game or Westbrook was resting these games. And uh, Bertans, by the way, um, our lights out shooter, he's kind of at this uh, weird point where he's not fully in shape and he hasn't fully gotten his legs back so he's had to um play himself into shape you know and the reason for that is when he was a free agent in the summer he wasn't um I guess competitive you know with his basketball he's just in the the gym just shooting around so I guess he kind of lost his stamina so it's going to take some time to see him um get back to where he was there's just there's so many um points like odds stacked against the wizards and i just don't think they've had enough time or the opportunity to kind of mesh together but 
you're right. Like, I don't believe that the record reflects who they are as a team. They just haven't had the chance to get it together yet. It's funny when you say about Davis Batans not being in game shape, especially during COVID, I think all of us have got this, like, a pandemic, just terrible fitness levels. Like, a, yes. I, I noticed myself getting tired going to the kitchen. So if I'm doing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So um, obviously we're not NBA players, but still, it's I'm going to say it's the same. And then you look at Kemba Walker, he's Boston's basically equivalent, right? He's had to come back and play his way into shape. And this was the best game we've seen from Kemba. Did you ever get concerned? As Kemba, there was like a point in the third quarter where the Celtics went on like a 6-0 run, then they drew some free throws, and it felt like maybe that Kemba Walker was kind of willing them back into the game. Was you ever concerned, or did you kind of think that if Tatum and Brown, if Tatum isn't firing and Brian is just doing just enough to not catch heat on social media, that this game was the, um, the Wizards to lose? Well, listen, the Wizards are notorious for blowing the third quarter. So when you said when they went on a 6-0 run and Kemba was getting, you know, in his zone, Yes, I was terrified that the Celtics would easily be able to come back. It doesn't matter if it's a 10-point lead or a 15-point lead or a 20-point lead. Um, the Wizards have this bad habit of blowing the third quarter. So when um, Kemba gets hot, he's very hard to stop. So, you know, that's always that's always an issue, the third quarter. But the fact that they were able to outplay the Celtics, I think the Celtics scored 24 points and the Wizards scored 34 points in the third quarter. I think that is, that's really what solidified the win. But yes, I was afraid to answer your question. I mean, the Celtics have been very, very bad in the third quarter too. Um, That stems from last year in the bubble. There's a lot of um, comparisons between these two teams. Uh, Last year in the bubble, the Celtics lost pretty much every third quarter from like the first game of the playoffs to the end of the playoffs. They were notoriously bad. And then I tweeted this yesterday. Uh, the Celtics for defensive rating, they're 13th in the first quarter, third in the second, then it drops to 26th in the third and 25th in the fourth. So Boston are notoriously so far this year, absolutely shockingly bad in the second half of games and decent in the first half of games. So when they're going in behind at the half, I'm very concerned because I'm like, well, the numbers tell me that it's only going to get worse from here. And then when it's against a team that probably are going to take a bit more pride in giving this team a beating, like, you know, I can imagine Bradley Beal in the locker room, like, I ain't losing to JT. We're going to make sure you keep the pressure up, guys. Drinks on me, whatever it may be. And Boston are so bad in the second half. That's when I really start to panic. And it felt like that Beal kind of knew this game was going to be his going into the half. And then he comes out, what, he had 35 points in the game. Uh, 11 from 11, 11 for 11 from the line, having seven rebounds. I mean, you've got to like, if you're looking at the team as currently constructed, you know that Beal's your star. If you feel like you need to move on from that, then could you see a world where Beal leaves? I know he's came out and spoke about his, um, he doesn't want to talk about being traded. He wants to stay in Washington and figure this stuff out, which again makes me think of Washington as the Portland of the East, because Dame's very similar in the way he attacks the game. Um, what's your look outlook on Bill as a as a player and any interactions you've had with him? Do you feel like he's being genuine in wanting to stay with the team, or do you feel like he's 
just trying to keep everything quiet on the media front to allow his teammates to flourish? Well, it's always hard to tell who's being genuine and who's not. But with Beal, since I've gotten to know him over the past few years, I do believe he's genuine um, in a sense that I think the national media has this habit of um, taking his his expressions um, during the games, his frustration, and making that like, oh, he wants to leave. He Get Beal out of here. He's a damsel in distress, you know, kind of thing. But after the games, he doesn't act like that. Always post games, he's positive. He's like, well, we didn't do what we needed to do, but... I'm confident. He always says, I'm confident in this team. I think we're going to work it out. We're all going to, and everybody else on the roster says the same thing. Westbrook, Denny, um, Garrison Matthews, anybody that, that goes on the post game, they'll say the same thing. And at, at some point I'm like, okay, this has got to be rehearsed. Cause why are they all like so positive and confident? But I really do think that Westbrook has shifted the energy in the locker room and we've just never had that sort of confidence before. So Beal, I am confident that he's trying to stay. If the Wizards don't do anything to his standards this season, I am confident that he will leave and I would expect him to leave. Beating the Celtics is a very good way to start playing up to Beal's standards though, right? You know, mean, you know what I'm, I'm thinking about? You know why I think the Celtics, in my eyes, are so good? Because I think I have that trauma from the Wizards-Celtics in 2017. Like that Kelly Olenek trauma, that Isaiah Thomas trauma. So I think that's why, like, in my eyes, the Celtics are always, like, 10 steps above the Wizards. But to hear that we're having similar problems is actually kind of funny. So <laughs> yeah, it's insane how similar the problems are. I've actually been trying to pull up um, the Wizards quarter by quarter defensive rating at the moment. It's what I'm working on doing while we're talking. Uh, very professional podcasting as we're going along. Um, but I'll figure <laughs> that out in a moment. It is crazy. There's actually talk already, believe it or not, of if Boston can't figure out how to put a competitive team, and by competitive I mean championship level team, on the floor in the next year or two, then maybe Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will start talking about, there'll be rumors about them wanting to leave. Rumors is very much fan-driven. Um, I don't personally buy into that. As I said before the recording, the sky is falling after every loss. But it, there's definitely some truth in the madness. Like there's, When players are at a certain level, then there's only so long they're going to have an ability to put up with the losing. Right? I mean, an NBA career is um, very short. And when you're at an all-star level, you want to be competing for championships year in, year out. And if a team loses that player's trust uh, to be able to put that team, unless it's Carmelo Anthony in the Knicks where we'll just, you know, Melo was happy to get paid. Um, these guys will look for, for a new team. They'll look for somebody to be able to put a contending team around them. I don't think that's going to happen to Boston anytime soon. And I also don't think Bradley Beal will be going anywhere. There's been a growth in players kind of valuing winning at home, in a sense. Uh, Dame, Beal, I feel like Tatum might be one of those guys. That There's just more value in winning with a team that's been built correctly than a super team, right? Um, I think Kevin Durant kind of added a bit of notoriety to that back in the day. Anyway, I was kind of going on a tangent there, so I do apologize. I know what you were saying, though. So <laughs> I was feeling it. I was like, yeah, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, no, I've got a habit for this. Um, outside of this, I'm just looking at the game itself. Denny Avija was quite impressive, to be honest. I mean, he came into the league, uh, loads of questions around his jump shot, right? That was where my questions were. Uh, as a point forward, he ticked all the boxes, distributor, it looked good. How's he been in his adjustment period? And the reason I ask is because the Celtics have got next man up in Israel. Um, they drafted Yamada. 
and stashed him in Israel and he's putting up very Avija like numbers this year. So um it's a double ended question. Well, um Denny is doing all right. You know, he he was playing um pro basketball overseas. So I think the maturity level um that he had to have overseas has carried him far into um, being in the NBA. Uh, he's been shooting well. He's been playing well. He's very calm in his demeanor uh, in a sense that when he is on the floor, he doesn't rush. He doesn't take shots that he doesn't feel like he's going to make. Um, I only have good things to say about Denny. So if you guys are looking for um, your prospect, if he if he's anything like Denny, you guys will be in great shape. He's um the Yamada has been put. You know, I think the numbers are like literally point four difference in like points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game. It feels like Yamada stepped into Denny's shoes as Denny got drafted. Uh, I just don't see the Celtics having the room to bring him over next year. So, uh, but it's definitely something that I'm very curious about. I'm, I know that. The European leagues at the moment are churning out really high quality um, prospects. And the more that continue to go over into the NBA, the more they're going to st- keep coming through this production line that's always been there. Um, I hate Europe, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm European, I'm allowed to say. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at, I'm kind of still searching for these quarter by quarter stats. I'll stop now. If you look at the way that the Celtics were guarding the the Wizards, it felt like they were more concerned with the dribble drive game than they were with the three-point shooting. Um, and they were getting lost on every single pick and roll you guys ran. Uh, very poor communication. There was times where you were setting back screens on guys like Rob Williams and just getting whatever you wanted once you turned the corner. Is that something you expect coming into this game? Have you watched much Celtics this year to know that they are really terribly bad at defending inside the paint? Um, no, like like I said, everything that happened during this game was so unexpected. The Wizards were uncharacteristically dominating the whole entire game, which is not something that I'm used to. For one, and to see the Celtics, you know, they're not terrible at defense, you know, and the fact that they let the Wizards go off in the three-point line and, you know, that sort of thing, it was just kind of like, I thought maybe I was getting pranked or something. Like, this wasn't the game that I was expecting. Um, I was actually kind of sad that I had to come on your podcast after this game previously because I was like, oh my gosh, like, I know what's going to happen. So I don't want to have to come on here and say, you know, terrible things and talk about how bad they played. But the Celtics, I was kind of shocked. I've watched some games, but um, not enough. I always look at them. I mean, like a little, a couple steps ahead of the Wizards, um, especially since their organization, the franchise, I mean, they're always, they're always ahead, you know? So I, I was shocked today in a good way though. So. In a very good way, I'm assuming that you um you were cheering right at the TV all the way through. Have yes. you seen? And this just made me chuckle really hard. Have you seen the lead tracker on um, the NBA website for the game? No, I have not. Oh, it's hilarious. Um, so literally, have you ever looked at the lead trackers through games? Yes. So yeah. So for anybody listening that hasn't, it's basically a bar chart that tracks who was in the lead by how much at any given point. And generally, they're quite even. And then towards the end of a game, it'll skew up or down, depending on which team's in in the lead. Not in this game. So I'm going to share my screen with Becca, and I'll explain this to you, everybody. 
who's listening so you can understand. So, Becca, can you see my screen now? Yes. Does it look okay? Or does it look crazy? It looks like a crazy... Like it's How about now? Uh-huh. So... For everybody else listening, there was one moment, one very, very brief moment where the Celtics led, and that was within the first five minutes. Then it slowly grows down and down and down until at the end of the game, the entire bar chart is filled with Washington leads. I mean, this was abs- I've never seen a, a chart like this where the Celtics have played. It was incredibly funny. Um, so funny. for me way i guess for no i mean for me it's just like i've never seen the celtics get dominated like that i've seen them lose games i've seen them play poorly and lose but they're always there or thereabouts it's very rare you'll see taco fall who is a human victory cigar enter the game with six minutes left for the all the wrong reasons i was Um, surprised to see him because i i don't know i wasn't expecting him to go in the game and then that late so he goes in either when it's a blowout for the win or a blowout for the loss. He's a human victory cigar, but also the human white flag, um, just right, right, waving the surrender. What really was the kicker that really made me upset was soon as the, that um, that end of bench unit came into the game, that's when the Celtics started playing and started clawing back points. And I know that you guys had put your bench guys out there too, but the lack of drive from Boston and how hungry everybody in a Washington jersey was was absolutely insane. It's re- I'm really upset. I really am. I'm going to be quite honest with everybody now. This single spread pick and roll game is ridiculous. When they played Toronto, they ran a load of get actions and a load of baseline actions that really opened the game up. They come up against Washington that obviously have got physicality to them, which I did not expect, to be quite honest. And they got bullied. The youth in the Celtics lineup really showed in this game compared to the more veteran leadership that Washington has at its disposal. I'll be honest with you. I think I just think this podcast is funny because I, everything we're talking about completely throws me off just because we weren't anticipating a game like this. Um, but I will just give you some insight on the starting lineup. Um, Garrison Matthews started, Mo Wagner started, and that's not typical with the Wizards. Normally, Robin Lopez will start and Isaac Bongo will start. So I think this lineup, Mo Wagner has energy. Um, Garrison Matthews has energy. Garrison Matthews did not shoot well tonight, and he is one of our um, sharpshooters. So I, I feel like his effort, though, defensive-wise, made it made up for it. So I think this lineup, if Scott Brooks can continue to build off this lineup, I think we would have uh, great success. But the, it was not u- a usual starting team for us. So I was under the impression that Mo Wagner was your starting big, um, just because Robin Lopez is so limited offensively. Um, yes. He's very big Simpsons fan, so I'll give him a pass because he, there was a time when I liked the Simpsons. Um, but outside of that, I always thought Wagner was your starter. And like you say, he is high, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He is high, high energy. Very high energy. But he also bullied the team. I mean, Robin Lopez, you expect him to be physical. It's it's his brand of basketball. Um, both Lopez brothers, less Brooke now, but more back in the day, have always been very dominant physical guys. Wagner didn't strike me as that type of guy, but he seemed to really just he commands his space right like when he's trying to post up and when he's ready to explode to the room he commands a certain amount of space around him and he was ridiculously good at drawing fouls as well and that's something the wizards did fantastic 
all through the game was really bait the Celtics into ridiculous fouls. And you got them in the bonus in in the second, in the first, and in the third, I think. I think you had them in the bonus pretty much all game. And that was a credit to the way the Wizards played more than the over-eagerness of the Celtics, I'll say it in a nice way. Right. <laughs> well, um, Wagner definitely has the energy. And I think, uh, to your point, I think you're just verifying what Wizards fans have been saying. Uh, Wizards fans have been eager to see him start, to see him get more minutes. So the fact that he started over Lopez is a great sign for us. Um, Lopez, he's he's great. You know, he's good. But um, Wagner has an energy about him. And, you know, opponents don't really see it coming. So I think that's very beneficial to the team. So we were happy to see him out there. He was really good. And as I just want to talk about these fouls for a moment, I'm everybody listening, I'm not happy. You guys know that I'm very, um, very even killed <laughs> with, this, with this Celtics team. And I try and be as, uh, I try and be as optimistic as possible. But there was a couple of times when the Celtics were in the bonus that Grant Williams just gave up fouls for absolutely no reason whatsoever. There was a time when I'm pretty sure he tried to get a piggyback off Wagner. Um, it looked that way, like it was a pump fake, and Grant was literally on his back. And um, I wasn't very happy about that. And this is what I'm saying in terms of the Celtics, when they get punched in the mouth early, they can shrink quite quickly due to the amount of youth that's on that team. There's a lot of guys in their first, second, or third year that are still learning to be able to dig that little bit deeper and really grind through games. And then coming up against a team that's physical, that's hungry to try and get their season on track, that has the leading scorer in the league, has a multiple-time All-Star um, MVP-winning point guard, and then they've got someone like Avija that can do a little bit of everything and they can really put you off guard. This was a team that should have been seen as a banana skin for weeks coming. And for some reason, it was just one of these games that looked like a rubber stamp. And it just never went that way. And I'm very, I'm very sad. And I can see Becca's here. She's smiling because she doesn't have to speak about a loss. And she's probably going to be telling her friends, look, we really kicked this out because it's book. And then I got to go on a podcast and laugh at everybody um, listening from the Celtics aspect. And that's okay. We deserve it. What would be your biggest takeaway if you knew, that, say this was a seven-game series, how confident would you would be of game two coming away with a victory as well? Well. Um, based off this game, I would be very confident, but I would also expect the Celtics, you know, Brad Stevens not going to let uh, Wizards get away with that for long. You know, I'm sure there'll be some film studies and, you know, he'll be able to point out or the coaching staff will be able to point out like where they uh, failed. Um, so I, I don't know. But on the other hand, since the Wizards did so well today, I would think that, you know, they would get kind of full of themselves and just completely let the Celtics walk all over. See, it's like it's like I'm talking to my my twin brother. You know what I mean? Like everything that, that you're feeling from the Celtics, I, I'm feeling from the Wizards. So it's like it's hard to tell what would happen. I mean, maybe we'll just have to have a, a rematch uh, series. Uh, we'll get a 2K series going on and we'll live stream it and see what would happen. Um, oh. last time I tried that, it didn't go well for me. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I like to, I like to, um, for a quarter of a game, so one quarter each game, I like to use League Pass and switch over to the, the home announcers or the away announcers, the opposite team announcers. 
And what made me giggle was I did this in the third quarter today. So I switched over to the Wizard announcers, and they were so adamant that the Wizards were going to blow this league. They were like, yeah. the Wizards are really bad. They, they always um, give up a bunch of points in a small amount of time. And I don't know who the announcer was, but he was very adamant on, like, don't expect to win because when you're playing to win is when you start making sloppy mistakes. And there was a small part of me that was like, if the announcers have no faith, then this game is going to flip on its head and it's going to be a glorious victory for Boston. Um, it never worked. So I'm assuming your announcers were very happy that their predictions were wrong. But that told me a lot about the way your season's gone. That you're, the people behind your announcers table are like, don't think this is over yet. We may be in the third quarter, but this is where it usually goes bad. Um, so I just find that funny. I thought I'd mention that because whoever your announcers are were absolutely hilarious. Yeah, Justin Kutcher and uh, Drew Gooden, um, they are funny because they they kind of um, the way that they were speaking during the third quarter is a representation of how the Wizards play. Um, whether it's them having a large lead in the third quarter or them coming back um, from, you know, being down 20 during the third quarter, they, they always blow it somehow. So when, you know, the Celtics kind of went on a streak during the third quarter, they're like, oh, guys, like, stop. Like, don't get too excited. Like, we might lose this game. Like, you guys are getting too excited for no reason. Like, we know better. Like, we know what's going to happen. So I think um, you picked a great uh, – Order to kind of listen to them and you know what that's a that's a great thing to do I should start doing that too because you kind of gain insight from the broadcasters you know it says it said and it does say a lot about how the season's going which um it has not been fun at all so yeah I try and do it mainly for the insights like um you know just as much as me trying to what stay up to date with everything going on around the league and to give yourself more of an insight about what how your team's going to fare that is really difficult there's so many games so quickly that by the time we've ended this podcast there's probably three games going on and knowing what's going on with those as well as staying on top of what's going on with the team that you actually cover is really difficult so that one 12 minute stretch or 15 minutes with timeouts and foul calls um, really helps kind of hammer down any narratives that you may have had or you may have got misconstrued so I do like to do that sometimes I'll try and avoid certain um, announcing teams. Like um, I don't really like the Kings announcing team, but they fixed that this year with um, Kyle Draper going from Boston to. Anyway, I digress. It's definitely a good <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> I've kind of chewed your ear off now for about fifteen, twenty minutes. So I'm gonna basically do a rapid fire round. Um, it's gonna be like a two minute round. I'm gonna shoot each player's name that got minutes for you today, and I'm just gonna ask you to grade their performance A through D or A through F, and then I'm going to ask, and then I'm going to reverse it and get you to do it for each of the Celtics' performance as well. So I'll give you a chance to gloat a little bit and then to be a little bit kind if you choose to be. Oh, sure. You can also be really mean. It makes no difference. <laughs> no, no. I'm yeah. sure people aren't coming with the pitchforks. So I'm just going to go down the list as they're listed in front of me. So it'll be Garrison Matthews. Um, I'm going to say C. C for effort you know he he tried I know we have a whole list to go down but he did try um you know offensively it didn't happen but that didn't discourage him from playing both ends of the floor so I'm gonna say he did fine <laughs> Rui yeah. Hachimura um I'm gonna say a he did he did everything that was expected of him so 
I'm actually really shocked he only had four rebounds because it felt like he had more than that in the first quarter. I know. Felt like he was controlling the whole. Yeah. A very deceptive performance, actually, on the glass. Um, Wag- Wagner. I'm going to learn to pronounce that name. Wagner. I'm there gonna, we go. <laughs> I'm going to say A because, you know, he never has the opportunity to start and he did perfect. So, I mean, he was fine. Brad Beal? Give everyone an A. Uh, Beal was. <laughs> was okay he didn't shoot amazingly like he normally does but he got the job done so everybody's gonna get an a i mean i could criticize people but i don't know if i want to because we got when i'm just so happy <laughs> <laughs> you've got time to criticize when we get to the celtics are you just giving everybody an a should i just switch straight to the Celtics? everybody will be getting an a uh westbrook i will say he was one what was it rebound away from a triple double so maybe yeah. he He'll get an A minus just because he was close, but he didn't completely. Um, as far as the Celtics, I, I don't know. I'm just shocked. Like I, I'm, I apparently haven't been watching them closely enough. So Jason Tatum, do you want? I'll do. Should I give these guys grades? Because it's going to be you need. Uh, you need to give them grades because I'm curious from someone who has actually watched every single game. So uh, I'll give Jason Tatum a D. Um, not a C actually, because his scoring wasn't there. He's still got some good um, numbers on the boards. He still managed to find a way to facilitate a little bit, but this is not the Jason Tatum that the Celtics need. And it's not the Jason Tatum that the Celtics actually see most nights. Uh, when the Celtics are bad, Tatum is usually not one of the culprits. So I'm going to blame this one on Valentine's Day. I don't know what he's been doing, but he obviously was still asleep. Um, Semi Ojale. He's been real good the last few games since he got moved into the starting lineup. This wasn't one of them. I'm going to give him a D. Daniel Tice has been one of the unsung heroes of the season. After spacing, his three-point shooting has looked good for the majority of the year. Played trash. Absolute trash. You're getting a D. Uh, (laughs) Jalen Brown continued his uh, hot start to the year. For me, he's still the most improved player candidate. I'm going to give him an A. Campbell Walker gets an A because he was finally like Campbell Walker. Aaron Neesmith is the only other guy I'm going to give an A to. This guy has had so many DMPs, it's unbelievable. Um, drafted 14th <laughs> in the lottery. Um, people have, He was drafted as a sharpshooter, and he hasn't really shown that. But his effort on D, there was a lot of... Um, he ran some nice luck and trail plays on you guys. Um, he had a really good point uh, where I think... It was Wagner or Lopez that had the ball on the block and they'd had Kemba switched on to him and he scrammed Kemba out of there, managed to force a miss. Nets tripped down. It was a luck and trail, but forced a miss. Um, Neesmith gets an A just for aggression. At times, he looked like he was the only player on the floor that actually cared. Uh, Grant Williams gets an F. Tristan Thompson gets an F. Pritchard <laughs> gets a B. Rob Williams gets a C. Taco Four gets a B. Everybody else gets an F. So yeah, I'll be quite fair. A's give all F's and D's. So what happened? A couple of A's. <laughs> we have a couple A's. I think Kemba and um and uh Jalen kind of um messed up the curve. You know when you take a test and yeah, you get a bunch of um all the people fail except for there's always that one person in class. So that that ruins everything. Um, it was me at times, some classes, but not most of them. So. That was me too. Like I'll pass like um I'll pass English, I'll pass IT, and then you put me in history and I'll just pretend to write stuff. 
Oh yeah. I'll, I definitely, I was not good at history, but, um, yeah, the Celtics surprised me, not in, not in a good way. And, um, I'm sorry. I'm honestly, I'm happy, but I, I feel bad because like... You don't this, have a sad face. You look very, I very happy. I, I can't even fake it. Like, this is like our <laughs> win. I mean, I don't have much to be happy about as a Wizards fan. So like uh, any little, you know, source of happiness I'll take for sure. I'm, uh, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm happy I got to see the game because now I know that the Wizards aren't actually um, as bad as what their record says. And I can see them actually fighting for a playing spot, if not fighting for the eighth seed in total. Is the eighth seed a playing spot? It is now, isn't it? It's a 7, 8, 9, and 10 go to that playing tournament, don't they, for the final seed, yeah? So yeah. I can see you guys being um, a playing. That's sticking around for a long time now as well, isn't it, apparently? Mm-hmm. I do think that the Wizards, like, their their goal for the season is to make the playoffs. So I think eighth seed is definitely in their reach should they be, be able to maintain the routine that they had tonight i mean seriously um but i'm just curious like the celtics what is their goal i mean they're obviously going to make the playoffs do they have any sort of goals like eastern conference finals or making you know this i know that's like <laughs> after a real bad loss um no seriously <laughs> the goal has to be the finals um They've came. They've had three Eastern Conference Finals appearances in like the last four years, and each time they fell short. Uh, they've retooled the roster. There's been a bunch of internal development. There's only so now the fans are kind of sick of we make the Eastern Conference Finals, we get our hearts broke. Next year we get bounced in the second round because Kyrie Irving was having a M- M- Madonna kind of moment. Then we <laughs> make then we make two Eastern Conference Finals back to back. We get bounced back to back. So. The finals, it has to be a finals or bust type of year. But currently, and what's causing the most disconnect, discontent between the fan base is the roster that's currently on paper and playing like they did against you guys today is never going to be good enough to make it to the finals this year. So, um, I'll be happy with, uh, I'll be happy with a finals and last. Unfortunately, I've kind of resigned myself to it. And that's if they get to the finals. The East is really tough this year. It is tough. Um, and honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I feel for you Celtics fans. Like I, me and Celtics fans, we don't always have a lot in common, but you know, uh, as far as having a team not meet the expectations, you know, Wizard, Wizards fans never get their way. So uh, I just want to say shout out to the Celtics fans. Like, you know, I, I have a newfound respect, you know, just listening to the similarities in the teams this year. It's um, it's gonna be a long year. I'm not for Celtics fans. I'm assuming it's gonna be a long year for Wizards fans too. Absolutely. The only difference is we have that TPE burning a hole in our pocket, and um, yeah. <laughs> that's a large, large hole that it's burning. And unfortunately, I have no idea how or who it's going to get spent on. But um, hopefully, that could change the course of the season. Oh. It could also still be there in the summer, and I genuinely believe there's also a chance that it just ends up expiring. So. Um, <laughs> That's when you see Twitter actually just melt down and all of the Celtics fans just descend on Boston and demand Danny resigns. Um, you know, that does happen every single game. After every single loss, we have, they do say fire Scott Brooks, uh, Tommy's got to go, blow it up, all that. So you know what? Uh, Twitter, is very, Twitter is very known for that. It's not just uh, – I think it's NBA Twitter in general. So sky's yeah. always falling, like you it's said. It's just very fickle, right? 
And it's not just Twitter either. Like, if you go through, I mean, I like Reddit, so I'll check up on Reddit threads. Oh, it's um, awful. <laughs> I'm a, li- a little bit old, so, you know, I have a Facebook account. Don't use it, but I have one. Um, so sometimes I'll scroll there just to see what's going on. And everywhere the sky falls or it's the most peaches and cream day that ever existed, depending on what the score went like. So um, it's funny, to be honest. I, I, take, uh, I take great pride in just uh, sitting back and letting everybody be upset. Me too. I, I, you know, I, not that I want to see Wizards fans upset, but um, I can't, uh, for my personal mental health, I cannot indulge in that sort of behavior because I think I will um, go insane after a certain amount of, of nights like that. So the Wizards lose, I go to the press conferences, listen to what the coach and the players have to say, close my laptop, go have a glass of wine or just you know, not even check Twitter. So, see, this is where I'm unfortunate because I'll wake up and then watch a game. So, if the Celtics, no. if the Celtics lose, it's like probably six thirty a.m. by the time I'm turning the game off because I'll wake up. I'll I'll wait until I, I wake up like an hour earlier for work than what I would if I didn't have a game. So then, like, I'm done by seven a.m. with watching it, and now my whole day is even really good. Or it got off to such a bad start that it's one of those everything that can go wrong can go wrong days. I, I don't get to reach for the beer for like 14 hours. Well, I thought I had it bad. I mean, seriously, like you have to live the entire day like that. I just go to sleep and then I wake up. <laughs> I honestly forget what happened, you know, because this is like this is normal for us to not um, have great games. So I'm like, oh, going to go to sleep, going to watch Netflix, you know, binge on whatever and um uh, show that that's in these days and then i'm like good night <laughs> what is it what are you binging at the moment no but there was this show on netflix that i'm thinking about watching it's about this hotel like the scary hotel uh cecil hotel or something like people die there yeah like that's that's up my alley like the murder shows and stuff so <laughs> when i'm watching the wizards i'm watching people get murdered but it's basically the same sort of genre so <laughs> okay fair <laughs> enough you, i mean you did just murder the celtics you can see how yeah. it goes. Well, i mean like in a sense that the wizards get murdered so oh, no, the- i was just trying to put a positive spin i know well you don't have to do that because i'm already happy but like <laughs> <laughs> what did i just binge i went through something oh it was called um i was looking for do you ever watch vikings on amazon have you watched that i have not gotten to that yet Okay, so I was looking for something after Vikings. So obviously it goes Game of Thrones, Vikings. Then I found something called Last Kingdom um, on Netflix. Uh, very, very gruesome. And have you watched Game of Thrones? I've watched some of it. No, I thought, you know, it's a Oh, little- wow. Yeah. I'm behind. <laughs> I am behind. You know, when I'm not um, sleeping, I'm watching my Wizards lose. So it's it's hard for me to catch up. But Game of Thrones is something that I've been shamed by my friends that i haven't finished it or watched a lot of it so yeah it's very rare you're an outlier on this one unfortunately I am. Uh, I am. that kills the rest of this discussion about netflix <laughs> because i was i was just trying to make a conversation um look i want to say thank you for jumping on um uh, thank you for being very gracious in victory you know, some people would have came on here and just really drove home how excellent that performance was uh so i do appreciate that guys if if you don't know who Becca is, go check out her work at Wizards Extra. It's always fantastic. She's got a great team there. You're the you're the founder, aren't you? The CEO, the, the lead. Yeah, director. 
So I'm not the founder, but I am running the show over there. And um, yeah, like as far as Netflix suggestions or whatever, Celtics fans, if you got some good ones, you know, send them my way. I'm on Twitter all the time. So she's not going to watch them apparently, but the suggestions <laughs> will get added to an Excel sheet. me for not watching them, but I mean, I'm, <laughs> I watch them. I'll take suggestions, but we'll get to them in a year or two when there's 10. Yeah, I'm going to make a list, you know, but um, yeah, I, I would brag about the Wizards tonight. But for some reason, I'm just so shocked that that happened that I can't really I don't feel good about the. I feel good about the win, but I don't feel good bragging about it because I know the Wizards are going to go on like a five game losing streak. So it's like there's no point in bragging. But like, so the word I'm going to use is flabbergasted. Yeah, I'm very confused. Like I'm yeah. thrown off by this game. So <laughs> it was um a very bizarre game. Um, I'm sad. <laughs> Luckily for me, in three minutes, it's tomorrow, and I can forget this day happened. So um, oh, good. Yeah. So you're me then, you're going to sleep, or you're, you know. Oh no, it's far too early for sleep. Oh <laughs> well, maybe I'm a grandma. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll I'll be well. No. You're right. It is a Sunday game. For some reason, I thought it was like later than that, you know, because I'm used to being done at like midnight, but it's only seven. So I have to I have to go watch a show or do something. Netflix now. One division if you have Disney Plus. I do have Disney Plus. So have I you will... watched one division. No, of course I have not. <laughs> <laughs> of course I have not. So <laughs> There you go. You have um, all trolls. The new trolls movie is fantastic. If you just want to um... movie. So have a kid so i have an excuse um yeah you have to you have to watch that but i will watch the trolls just because i'm so happy maybe um i will not troll you but i will watch the trolls i see what you did there excellent (laughs) guys uh make sure to give becca a follow as usual if you've enjoyed the show i don't know why you'd enjoy this one it was very disjointed um i was very sad i refused to look at my notes because my notes had all come under the uh predetermination that we'd won so uh, they went out the window and then i chose not to write any about the bad ones Uh, but still leave a five-star review be nice